everybody, welcome along once again to It'll Be Alright in the 90s and the second part of our One Hit Wonders episode with the lovely Catherine and Dan from Now That's What I Call Bullshit. Uh, there's still plenty to cover, so we're going to jump straight back in. Enjoy the episode. Let's go around again then. Uh, let's have let's do it. Let's have Catherine's second choice. Um, I've got a couple of things, but I've decided to go for this one and I don't really know why. I just kind of want us all to ruminate on it and it's because I genuinely think it is a proper proper one hit wonder I think that like the ones that we've all chatted about there has been other things going on around it but I want us all to like talk about it really because I genuinely think it might be one of the bigger one hit wonders and it's um, Deep Blue Something Breakfast at Tiffany's and I said what about Breakfast at Tiffany's she said I When I had a little look around it, there didn't really seem to be anything else. They had an album, but in the same way that Stu, you said the Crash Test Dummies are still going, and I bet you anything lit are doing something in somewhere. And the guy from the New Radicals, that this song, I can't like see any evidence of other than this one massive song from like the mid nineties that everyone absolutely loved. And I was reading on Wikipedia that one of the reasons it was quite successful is because it had breakfast in the title and loads and loads of radio stations used to play it and they're like breakfast class, <laughs> which is like, but it's, it's a song that is not about breakfast at Tiffany's in what any way, it? shape or form. What is it about? I know it really, really well, but like I said, I'm pretty it's, rubbish with it. It's about the relationship. <laughs> Well, that's so fine. I mean, I'm not saying I love it. It's just what I, I want us all to talk about. Um, it's about a relationship breakdown, and the one thing they have in common is that they both like the film Breakfast at Tiffany's. Uh, and it's like told from the point of the view of the of the guy who he's sort of saying like we've got nothing in common. That's how it starts. No common ground to start from, and we're falling apart. See, I know all the words. <laughs> And then, and then the chorus comes in. It's like I said, "What about breakfast at Tiffany?" And her response is, "I think I remember the film, and we both kind of liked it." And it's actually a bit sad when yeah. you look at it like that. <laughs> oh, I like but it more now. Like really rousing nineties <laughs> sort of like guitar. You know what? It reminds me of probably that. off the back of things like the Rembrandts. Who yeah, were Friends. I was going to say Friends. Wonder. Which I yeah. also hate. I hate Friends with a fiery passion. <laughs> It's the biggest load of just. Do you rubbish. like anything? You're in a I bad do. mood tonight, aren't you? Yeah, we just I said don't. we love the Crash Test Dummies. We all agreed on that. <laughs> yeah, but no, this song reminds me of Friends. It's that banal bullshit. It's a perfect relationship that are banal and and there's no depth to it. And like, it's just like, oh, well, we both like this film. So what? Who cares? It's like, <laughs> who cares if Joey's with Monica or if Monica's with Ross or if. Or if Joey and Ross felt kind of, you know, homoerotic in a lift. No one cares. Like, are you, are you annoyed at the song or the pe- the two people in the song? No, the the entire Midtown Manhattan bullshit that goes around <laughs> that entire like. And I hate that the Rembrandts can do one as well. Um, <laughs> this was everywhere as well, and it was so annoying. The guy was ginger with loads of makeup on, and I think he was holding a bass. And yeah, it, oh, it absolutely boiled my piss. His name was Todd boiled. Pipes. I remember that much. Right. <laughs> there, even his Pipes. name's Todd annoying. Pipes. Yeah, even his name's annoying. Yeah, you're quite right. It is. Todd Pipes. Yeah. 
Fuck so off. It was just huge, though. The song yeah. was huge. And, like, I feel like you're getting, like, I don't think it ever turned up on Friends, by the way, Dan. But you're sort of like, I no, feel like just a mouth. lumping it in. I'm lumping it in. I am generic. I am, like, with a broad brush, lumping, like, this thing in with an entire c- comedy show and a load of other things that just annoyed me about that time. And it, this is one of those things that that I hated as a sort of probably but stoned musician. Arguably, it is probably a good example of what you're talking about, about like the music industry going, find me another one of these, find me this sort of song, find me this sort of band, because it's sort of like a more commercialised version, maybe of things like The Counting Crows and Tootie and the Blowfish. And, do you know, like a more sort of poppy accessible version of those sorts of bands? Yeah. You're going to tell me I'm wrong now. Mm-mm. I like I, I can get away with Counting Crows bits of it. Hootie and the Blowfish. Oh, I don't really like him. Oh, I only want to be with you. That's a yeah, I know. Absolute slapper oh. that one. Yeah, oh. yeah. And you know what, Dave Matthews can do one. Dave Matthews tried to sign our band, and we said no. Um, <laughs> when he when he made his new and again, these are the type of idiots that would have played at Woodstock '99 <laughs> and riled up all those guys in baseball caps to set the thing on fire. <laughs> so I have to say this because you've mentioned Dave Matthews. I'm sure I read a story the other week. I'd, I'd never known about this before, but something like the Dave Matthews tour bus like emptied their yes. toilets while they were going over a bridge and it landed on a, on yep. a cruise cruise liner or yep. something. I, and not only that, but he he was like a, this like, sort of hippie kind of thing. And so what you, you drop the bog in a bus, right? So you're not allowed to poo on a bus. You can't poo on a, on a tour bus. Of course. It, yeah. it, it can't process it, but everyone wheeze on it. And then what you do is you drive into a service station and there's a specific place that you go with like greetings and you pull a lever and the, the you drop the bog. So right. all the piss comes out the bottom. But sometimes drivers <laughs> over the night while everyone's asleep will just have a swift drop of the bog, pull the lever while they're right. going along. And this guy did it as they were going over a bridge. And there was someone's party on a barge type <laughs> oh, thing no. that was going underneath it. So they got caught. And he had to donate like millions to like water charities and stuff oh, like that. Oh, Jesus Christ. I, re- I, I remember terrible. that happening. I remember, I think, our tour manager talking about it at the time. Yeah, he got caught red handed. Dave Matthews have millions. That's the most shocking Dave part Matthews of this story was to me. Huge. Dave was Matthews he? was. I know one song. All those idiots that wore sandals and smoked dope, like uh, Jason Mraz and all those people, they made a fortune in the 90s and early 2000s. It would be a bit easier if they didn't put the release for the bog right next to the handbrake. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. If they put it in a different place, then yeah. they might be able to avoid this. Be a I lot mean, safer. In Dave Matthews, in Dave Matthews' defence, it's entirely on the driver. The driver would have pulled the lever, and the driver probably thought, "I'm going over a river. No one will ever know." Dave Matthews was probably asleep, but it's just nice to get Dave Matthews because he was such a do-gooding hippie gu- acoustic guitar playing. You know dude <laughs> i'm I'm so fascinated to to know the story of how the people on the cruise ship got to the coach you know how did they how, what happened after the they were they were going under a bridge in like a barge it was like something they'd hired out for like but a how party. did they know it was dave yeah, matthews. how did they link it to dave matthews because there was the huge fucking tour bus that was going over the bridge <laughs> dave says dave matthews I mean, there's probably not many of them around, you know what I mean? They probably looked at the company. It was like, whatever, you know, fly by night or whatever. And they looked at the, the tour bus company and 
whoever who was whoever was playing in Ohio or wherever it was that night was yeah. was Dave Matthews. This whole thing has its own Wikipedia entry, by the way. So I would oh highly, re- highly recommend some bedtime reading. Go and have a look at that. Um, <laughs> that real Wikipedia rabbit hole. <laughs> uh, but anyway, go on then, Alex. Yeah. Anyway, oh, the, sorry, Deep Blue something. No, no, no. Sorry. Anyway, Deep Blue something. It. I'm not saying it's a banger of a track, but I certainly really enjoyed it. And it it was very much of a time, but it also turned up, I believe, on one of the very first Nows we did. And I think it was with Mark Chadwick, and I think that he hated it as well. So, we go. unsurprisingly, <laughs> yeah. But it's, it, it's, it, I think it's, it's one of those ones that is a genuine one-hit wonder. Yeah, definitely. definitely. It seems that. to fit the bill if they never did anything yeah. else. and. The- Todd Pipes did indeed fuck off after that. Then, uh, <laughs> then, then there we are. <laughs> what <old> a name! <laughs> Go on then, Alex. What's your uh, what's your second choice? Uh, I think this also fits into the one hit wonder um, category quite quite well. It's uh, everybody's free brackets to wear sunscreen, aka the sunscreen song by Baz Luhrmann. Don't worry about the future. Or worry, but know that worrying is as effective as trying to solve an algebra equation by chewing bubblegum. The real troubles in your life are apt to be things that never crossed your worried mind, the kind that blindsides you at 4 p.m. on some idle Tuesday. Do one thing every day that scares you. Sing. Don't be reckless with other people's hearts. Bad Lowe is obviously really famous as a director, so having him having this song as a one hit one seems a bit strange because he is so known for something else as well but as a song i mean can you name any other songs by baz lerman i don't imagine anyone can i think i know he had this was on an album so it was an album but apart from that i don't know if he's done anything else but um it was released in 1997 and i'd always i was always a bit confused about the song because i thought well i knew baz lerman was the director i thought he probably didn't make the music he was maybe he was a person who did the spoken word um, narration, um, but then I looked into it. And it actually is his music, and it's someone else does the the, the speaking. It's an Australian voice actor called Lee Perry, and Baz Luhrmann oh, wow. just does um, does sort of remixes. He has an album which is just consisting of songs that are remixes of music from his films, basically. So it's all kind of fairly ambient, like this song is, and. Yeah, they, that, that album is called some, Something for Everybody. Maybe you'll dance the funky chicken on your 75th wedding anniversary. Whatever you do, don't congratulate yourself too much or berate yourself either. Your choices are half chance. So are everybody else's. Enjoy your body. And I didn't know this either until it's up, that, but the music in the background of this song is an orchestral remix of everybody's Everybody's free to feel good by Rosilla, the 1991. I did wonder, Alex, if you'd pick this because it was on the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack. Yeah. Or a version of it. Yeah. And that's, I guess, is why he did it because it was music used in one of his films and therefore he was putting on the album. And originally it wasn't going to have that spoken word, the the bit over it. So it wasn't really going to be about sunscreen. It was just going to be music, I guess, from. Romeo and Juliet, but um, there was this article or an essay written in the Chicago Tribune by someone called Mary Schmick called Advice Like Youth Probably Just Wasted on the Young, and that's published in 1997 as well. And they were putting this song together in the studio, and then someone emailed this 
this essay or article to them and then they decided last minute we should have someone speak that over the music and that should be the song and that is what they did and then bizarrely it got to number one in in yeah. the uk and that's partly why i've chosen chosen it because it is that's so it's interesting just, it's so right. different it, i really like it because it's kind of melancholy and it's got this kind of yeah. wistful nostalgic feel to it um and i think the, the opening line of it is um ladies and gentlemen of the class of 97 and that alone makes it sound kind of <laughs> nostalgic i think because it's like uh mm-hmm. one of those addresses that you give um to, to a graduating class and, and there's this weird story about it, there being a rumor or an urban myth that it was um the the article was actually written by kurt vonnegut and oh, there was this idea that it was that but it actually isn't it's by this this journalist um so it's just a slightly weird story and I, yeah, I, I genuinely like the song. It's, I mean, not going to put it on, you know, on the on a club night or at a house party, but I think it's it's just different and, and weird and and kind of cool. And yeah, yeah got to number choice. one. Good choice. Yeah, yeah. it's a got good the choice. Number one in Ireland, right? I think I think it was big in Ireland, as far as I remember. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it sort of took off around the world a bit. So yeah, imagine. Yeah. yeah, it was quite cool. It was quite vibey, and around at that time, because like you know sampling and that was all quite new in the 90s and it was it was progressive sounding and it was it was cool sound it was different sounding and the spoken yeah. element was different yeah yeah see i like that i don't hear everything <laughs> i didn't <laughs> know i knew it till you started it describing it really lovely um it's the song that they use when they get married in romeo and Juliet, isn't it the um, oh, choir yeah. singing, Every, everybody's free to feel good. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, oh, I know I know the Romeo and Juliet soundtrack like at the back of my hand. <laughs> um, and it's when they that when they get married and it's like, it's the really young child singer who sings the, um, the yeah. verse part of it and then the choir that sings the chorus and then he sort of put that over it. But it, it, like, it's a, it is, it's lovely and it genuinely is like sort of a one-hit wonder, but I suppose it was engineered almost that way, wasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. Baz Luhrmann doesn't have time to like make an album and then break America, does he? Because he's too busy making brilliant movies. He's too busy making films about Elvis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fuck you, man. I'm making the Great yeah. Gatsby now. See, the guys like that around. There are a lot of us who have got no talent. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, think it's, yeah. I think it's very fair. <laughs> it's very unfair. <laughs> Dan, what's your second choice? My second choice is, um, uh, I think it's called Drinking in LA. Uh, it's by yes. Brand Van, Van 3000. Hi, my name is Stereo Mike. Yeah, we got three tickets to the Brand Van concert happening this Monday night at the Pacific Palisades. Are you going to all allow in if you uh, want to answer a couple of questions? Uh, mainly, what is Todd's favorite cheese? Brilliant. Um, essentially, like the reason I do like this one, the reason why, the reason why, uh, it was everywhere again at the time. But essentially, I was questioning. I was touring America at the time, and so what was it? Well, when did it come out? I don't know. But I remember, like, I think just, 1997, sweetheart. So I would have been about in my 20s, and um. I remember like just going to the beach in Maine and sitting drinking beer and listening to this on a little boombox and the sort of sentiment is like what the hell am I doing here like <laughs> drinking in LA and I, and I was kind of thinking to myself what 
the hell am I doing here? Like in America, like driving around, playing to all these people. This is crazy. Um, and it, it was, it had that like list out. Again, not quite trip hoppy, but sort of a bit more poppy. But it had like little clinky thing. And it, it just, uh, for me, it sort of crystallized a time in my life when um, things were quite hedonistic and, and, um, and cool. And I was sort of full of myself as a, as a young musician. We've hmm. spoken about this one before on the pod, haven't we, Al? Because it yeah. came up on it came up on the cigarettes and alcohol episode because it was used uh, in a campaign for Rolling Rock. Was that Rolling right? Rock? It yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it was released originally in '98 and got uh, like it was in the top forty, but not very high. And they got re-released when the advert made it big, and it got to it got in the top five in the UK. Ah. Yeah, but that was '99 when it got re-released. So that's ah. when it was its biggest. But again, they're Canadians, aren't they? I think so, yeah. Maybe Montreal. French. Yeah. It's a, good yeah, one. it's a great it, song. It's a great song, yeah. It's just different, isn't it? It's, it's got its, its own vibe. Um, Do you not... know what? The other thing that occurred to me was, and I think it's another Canadian band, and I know the songs don't sound the same, but in my head I link them together, which is Steal My Sunshine by Len. Yeah, which is yeah. another one-hit wonder, isn't it? But I think they're Canadian as well, and I don't know whether there was there's a reason they're linked in my head. I link them in my head as well, big time. Oh right, okay. it must have just been a similar a time. A similar time, mm-hmm. and like you said, it's got a similar, maybe a similar vibe as well. Um, yeah, totally. But I guess it's another one. Like a lot of the stuff that we've chosen, aside from the like weird, crappy, you know, it, it's quite esoteric in it. You know, like um, uh, and this <laughs> particularly. Do you know what I mean? It's like yeah. at the time, it, you know, it, at the, like Beck was kind of coming out at that time, and people were starting to make music in a slightly different way. Where it was. You basically about... saying that everyone's choices, but mine yeah. have been quite esoteric. Dan is what you're essentially saying. Uh, well, no, no. Actually, my, my first one, that the 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 you got the music in you one. That's not. That's like that's bog standard. No, but the lyrics are quite nice. Like don't give up and things like that. Yeah, no, but it's 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 like sort of generic songwriting, you know. But the but the the Baz Luhrmann one, the Crash Test Dummies one, and this one are all quite sort of esoteric, aren't they? Mm. Do you know yeah. What I mean? yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Well, it was another one I had on cassette single myself, so uh, that one entered into my collection. I think we had Deep Blue Something on cassette single as well, if I remember correctly. I think a lot of people probably had that, yeah. They must have had at least one more song for the B-side, right? Unless they they copped out and did an instrumental version of the B-side. Yeah, the remix, like that, that was the (coughs) time of the remix as well. You would have Mm -hmm. the, like... uh, the the LA remix or the <laughs> whatever remix. Which sounded pretty much identical. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Radio yeah. edit, which is at about ten seconds cut out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> God, as I say, like it was the time of the music industry. Like we were being like everyone bought this stuff and then you would buy it again on twelve inch vinyl with the, you know, whoever the, you know, another remix on the on the back. And you could literally almost have a career out of one song. Yeah, but you but you you wouldn't because you'd owe the record company so much money for paying all the guys to do remixes and buying you onto the tour where you supported REM and in, in a load of colleges and then you'd owe them like you know ten million dollars and then you'd disappear. Depressing. 
<laughs> was the president. What better place than to to bring in my final choice, um, which is oh, it's, a, it's actually one this. of my. And Catherine loves it. She obviously knows what's coming. Um, I hope you don't hear it. I don't know what this, it is. This is actually one of my. This is actually one of my favourite songs. I would say. Yeah, it's brilliant. Um, it's definitely up there. I've gone for "Would I Lie to You" by Charles and Eddie. second choice and now it's going to be in every single person's head for about a week yeah <laughs> in the fairness power of charles and eddie in fairness it sounds like a classic tune it could be like a marvin gay song or it could be like a studio one roots like lovers rock reggae tune Classic sound, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. it's timeless. Yeah. It's timeless yeah. June. So it hit no, number one in November 1992. Um, a little bit of smooth pop soul to end to end on. Um, like I say, I've always I've always liked this one, and um, it's another one that I think is is unfairly derided. It's another one which appears sometimes as people saying, "Oh, this is this you know this is one of the worst number ones we've ever had." But but I would be inclined to disagree. Um, you know, I, I I really like this. Um, I said I like the bass uh, guitar on the Crash Test Dummies track. I think the drum groove on, on this song is insane. Um, if next time you listen to it, have a listen out for the drum groove. I think it's brilliant. And just looking at a few live performances, there's a version available on YouTube where they perform live on uh, Wogan, as it happens. Um, and they're, they're, they're both doing live vocals and it's the sort of live vocal that I could only dream about, you know, it's, um, it really is superb. Um, so Are I've always English? loved it. No, they're, they're American. American. Yeah. Right, okay. And again, they actually had another couple of hits. Um, so did they? Yeah. So in 93, they had two more top forties, uh, NYC brackets. Can you believe this city? And <laughs> and uh, house house is not a home. Were, were there two other uh, singles from that album? And then in nineteen ninety five, they managed a number thirty eight with a song called "I'm Gonna Love You." Brackets twenty four seven three six five. Like some brackets, don't they? <laughs> they love some brackets. Um, so again, not not technically one hit wonders, but they're obviously very much remembered for for the one song. Well, um, I was going to say, how do you write a song that sounds that classic and not be able to get it together to at least write mm-hmm. another passable tune? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Because that, I mean that it, that song, as if it was on a Motown compilation or as I say, like a Studio One compilation. Was it written like, for them? Was it that sort of deal? I'm not sure, to be honest. Um, I, th- I think they wrote it. I'm not. Sh- I I'm think not sure so. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I know that. Um... Sorry, go on. Stuart. No, go on, mate. You're right. I was just going to say that um, uh, Eddie, I think his name's Eddie Cashon, mm-hmm. uh, has done done other stuff since. Uh, he sort of he's made a comeback stuff. recently. Yeah, he was yeah. he was he was sort of very quiet for about well twenty odd years. Um, but he's mm. but he's made a comeback recently, and sadly Charles passed away in the oh, late nineties. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so yeah, he was only thirty seven, which is how oh, old I am so now. Died from oh. cancer, which is really sad. 
Um, uh, I knew that as well. It was written by Mick Leeson and Peter Vale. Oh, okay. I was wrong. Damn. <laughs> um, yeah, and produced by jo- Josh Dutch. I, di- I don't know how to pronounce that. Josh Dutch. He's mates with top pipes, I think. <laughs> I, um, uh, I don't know yeah, if you're reading the Wikipedia there, um, I Catherine, am. but did it, there's a bit about Eddie Casson again. Apparently, when he was growing up, he was in a band with Cliff Burton from Metallica and Mike Borden no from way. Faith No More. How cool is that? Is that That's so? so cool? Yeah. Wow. Faith No More and Metallica and yeah. Charles, Charles and Eddie. And, Eddie. and he went on to become the sole voice of a generation. That's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> it won an Ivan Novello Award for Best Song Musically and Lyrically. Hmm. So, so how can people be talking about this as one of the worst number ones of all time? I, I just, I don't, I don't get, get that. No, that's weird, I don't, isn't it? Is there a real sort of like horrible snobbery in there? Because I struggle to believe that even if it's not your type of music, that you you would listen to it and go, that's terrible. That like it's such mm. a well sung, like catchy, poppy, like, but especially Dan's going to correct me on what this is called. But, do you know, that sort of like breakdown towards the end of the song. What's it called, Dan? where like the song sort of goes into like it has you have a verse and a chorus and a verse and a chorus and then you have something a bit different and then you go back into well, the middle chorus eight, a middle eight a middle eight <laughs> that it like with the um with like the gospel sound in it and things like that yeah and it goes down to the drums yeah, yeah 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 it's just it's it's fantastic I, like i can't I'd, who the hell it's, it's you know, almost all like... the songs in the world and you say that this is this is one of the worst number ones ever. Like Spaceman by Babylon Zoo exists. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's almost like just because it's an earworm or a bit of an earworm, it that therefore makes it bad or annoying oh, or something. Brilliant. But yeah, there's nothing technically annoying about it, I think. But I don't know, but... maybe yeah, I don't know. I do have the album as well, Duophonic, which is uh, which is a decent decent album. So, so is it good? Give it a look. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, yeah, I would say. But it is of that very much of that time where there was a lot of that sort of really good R and B stuff, which some of it was Motown, like um, thinking of things like, do you know, is it Shanice? I love your smile. Do you know that one that goes did it did 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 it in the early nineties at SWV right here and like those sort of like there was a lot of really really good and actually a lot of it I I don't know if SWV were and they they were the ones that sampled um, Human Nature by Michael Jackson um, was a one hit wonder but some of them could be categorised as that and they were a brilliant sort of individual soul pop songs that Charles and Eddie sort of always fit in into for me. Do you know who must be kicking themselves? Like because everyone does it now and they were completely ruined their career. It was Milli Vanilli. They must mm, just be no. looking at everyone miming now and going like, what gives? Like, <laughs> yeah. What, come, what 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 why was it so bad when we did it? If only that tape hadn't started skipping when they were at that <laughs> yeah. award ceremony or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they had to give their Grammy back, didn't they? Yeah. It, it but it's too. because they were, but they literally weren't singing. It turned out that they literally were not singing. I know. It wasn't even, are we yeah, going? Yeah. Are oh, we right. still in the nineties at this point? Have we gone back into the eighties for this little this little story? Oh, I think it's just on the cusp. I think it's we'll... just on the cusp, isn't it? We'll but it. I think it genuinely wasn't them singing. That was the problem. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Well, guys, I think we could probably talk about this all night. Um, I think there's definitely a there's definitely a return episode in the air here where we go through some more of our favourite one hit wonders. But um, are there any burning special mentions just to just to mention briefly before we go into the correspondence? Um, for I'll kick us off if you like. Ah, for non blondes, go on. Has to be the, the, the oh and God right like I I've done the thing where you so are you any either of you guys musicians? Yeah, yeah. Do you ever yeah. do a gig in a pub and like a woman wants to get up and sing and she always sings that <laughs> four non blondes tune, and then when she gets to the bit at the end, the hey yeah yeah, she just won't stop. And you're, <laughs> and you're trying to catch your eye while playing the three chords, and she's just lost, lost in it, and you've been there for like twenty five minutes. <laughs> Oh, um, no, it's normally just people asking us to play Mr. Brightside, you know. Uh, <laughs> I would, I would love it if somebody wanted to come and sing uh, "What's Up" by the Four Non Blondes. That that would be a great start change. Offering it out, you need to start offering excuse. <laughs> anyone want to get up and sing Four Non Blondes for twenty-five minutes? Um, I'm going to throw something in, but I think we should talk about it in the sequel. Um, so it's almost like an um, a teaser trailer for the sequel. Mm-hmm. But the incidents of a hell of a lot of one one hit wonders coming from Levi ads in the nineties. Oh God, okay. yeah, still skin. I, would, I, let, yeah. I think we should just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. That's definitely one lot, of the returns. There's a lot. To, there's a lot to say about that. I think. <laughs> uh, Alex, anything to add? Um. I had a list of, of special mentions, which I'm not going to go through, but I will say that the first three things on that list have all been covered by other people tonight. So I had Sixpence on the Richer, the New Radicals, and Drinking in LA, so they were already there. Oh, but, amazing. But rather than choose one, I will just give you this, this tidbit of um, of trivia, which I thought was quite funny. That in 2006, the rapper Ice-T was asked on Late Night with Conan O'Brien what uh what was it that he'd heard besides rap music in the last few years that he that really grabbed him and his only reply was uh you get what you give by uh, the new radicals <laughs> which i thought was really odd for ice T to say as wow. his um and also in an interview with time magazine you two lead guitarist to edge was quoted as saying you get what you give it's a song he most wishes he had written <laughs> so whatever there you go. yeah Wow. Well, he says it's a song I mean, he's most jealous of, and he would really love to have written that. So there you go. Wrote, when songs. the streets have no name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, come on. I still I haven't it. found what I'm looking for, and <laughs> you get what you get. I think I prefer to have like Shine On You Crazy Diamond or something as a, yeah, yeah. As a songwriting credit for myself. But, <laughs> but there you go. Um, so just just one for me then. As I said, as we've all said, we have the reams here that we're going to mention in the in the sequel. But just a quick mention, and I will go into this in more detail uh, next time, but a quick mention for the Spin Doctors. Uh, another one of my favourites. Um, yeah. I have their best, I have their best north downstairs. Two princes, yeah. Oh. Um, they, they did have more hits um, in, in America, but Two Princes... They had Little Miss Can't Be Wrong, didn't they? That's right. That was before Two Princes. Um, was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that came first. Excellent. Well, more, more Spin Doctors to come in the sequel, for sure. Thanks for all your wonderful correspondence. You've been sending in about your own favourite one-hit wonders. Uh, on Twitter, Bockmeister Blitz says, Babylon Zoo Spaceman is the only answer to this question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Mark, uh, come on that one. Uh, Request the nineties says for starters, uh, Groovers in the Heart by Delight, Ain't yeah. No Love, Ain't No Use by Sub Sub, who I was interested to to realise they actually became doves later they on. Did, yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, oh, they yeah. did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Breakfast Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something, Sweet Harmony by Liquid. Um, Sweet Harmony. Isn't that oh, beloved? 
the beloved, beloved did that version of Sweet Harmony. Was there yeah. another version of it? Um. We, that's for the sequel. This yeah. is what we're going to do now. That'll be the sequel. We'll work all this out. That'll be the sequel. <laughs> I have to ask you guys about this one. Bamboogie by Bamboo. I saw hey. some... We oh, talked that about that last... Pack, yeah. Well, no, because you guys were saying on Twitter that's the video you've been trying to think about. Yeah, you've been saying me, yeah. 50 Star, but it's the um, remix, isn't it? It's the Do Little Dance. Make yeah. me love, and I'm sure it was on like a Jennifer Aniston film in the 90s, you know. Uh, Got like a vague memory of it. Yeah, uh, it was a good one, it was a good one. And finally, request the 90s goes with In the Meantime by Space Hog, which is one that I haven't heard of at all. Uh, I remember I Space you it's Hog. One we know. I it, I are they from Leeds? Space, Space Hog was the it was the it was like a, a guy. I know what it was. We shared a rehearsal room with him in New York. Is his name's Royston something? Royston, yes. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's married to Liv Tyler, or he was yeah. married to Liv yeah. Tyler. Yeah, From yeah. Leeds? Yep, yeah. I remember the dude. Yep. Uh, I don't remember the song, though. I bet it's one of those songs that if you listen to it, you'd be like, yes. It'd be like mm. a lit. Yeah. <laughs> they were one of those ones really that was well. money invested in them, but never took off. Just didn't take off. Yeah, I'm sure. His father-in-law was Stephen Tyler. I'm sure there was money invested in them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, our old friend George Alty says, uh, Informer by Snow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not entirely sure what that was about, right? No, <laughs> we talked about it on one of our episodes. It was on one of the nows that we talked about. It was with Ian Prowse. And that it was like say, just a Licky bum No, bum it's like a made-up. It's like, it's it's essentially a really rich white Canadian guy in like some sort of Jamaican patois, but it's like, so it's essentially like shockingly awful cultural appropriation that hopefully no one would get away with he now. He poor runnings a few, many, two times. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty bad, but we did talk about it on that episode um, because none, it actually has no meaning whatsoever. That's I it for Twitter. Alex, so um, what do we have over on the Instagram? Uh, okay, on Instagram, a uh, friend of the pod, Hannah, says, uh, Gina G, who are just a little bit, was the first song that sprang to her mind. I think that might also be the first thing that sprang to my mind as well. I'm really, really? she had that. hits afterwards. Did she? Yeah. What? But don't ask me, Alex. I had a, <laughs> she I definitely had a did. She had one where she was dressed as a genie. Mm-hmm. I had a cassette uh. single. I'm sure the song was called Fresh. Yes. Okay. So it was called Fresh, yeah. Did she not? Oh. She did a few things, but did she not represent the UK in Eurovision as well? She did. Yeah. That, that makes her any less of a one-hit wonder. I assumed that was for that song. It was. Who yeah. are just a little bit was was the Eurovision was it? song, wasn't it? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it, it was. Wasn't. Yeah. And she came like second or third. Ah, the old days. Well, actually, no, not the old days. Oh, we're the back, old we're days. back on top. Aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, back on um, top. <laughs> um, yeah, she definitely had a song called Fresh. Did it go, I want to get fresh with you, baby? That's the one. Like that. I think oh, I was the only God. one that bought it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, in that case, Hannah, yeah, I'm afraid we're not sure that she, uh, Gina G, was a one-hit wonder, but, um, yeah, it's, it's news to me. Was. I don't think that's an unfair um, <laughs> an unfair assumption to make about Gina G. Uh, brother of the pod, Adam, said, uh, Len, steal my sunshine, has to be included. So we, we did include that earlier. I know then channel nem said uh we fell into a trap this is because i posted on our instagram some images of one hit wonder artists which included Whitfield. Uh, and channel yes. nem says we fell into a trap of thinking Whitfield was a one hit wonder 
because her next two follow-up singles reached three and four in the charts, apparently. But UK I know, but I, I think yeah, so, yeah. I, I think that with when we think about one-hit wonders, it's it's genuinely difficult to find someone who didn't do anything after because it would be very very difficult to have someone have such a big hit and then not give them another shot at it. Does yeah, that make true. sense? Like so, aside <laughs> yeah. from like the Baz Luhrmann thing, which he just did for essentially what appears to be the crack, like mm. it, it's really difficult and it's like how you characterize it because I'm sure that there's people who'll listen to it and go, "I'm a really big Crash Test Dummies fan. What are you talking about? Lit had like seven brilliant albums, but I suppose like one hit wonders are in the eyes of the beholders mm. and i like the point is that that wigfield song it got to number one it had the dance it lasted for ages and yeah her songs especially in the 90s whereas if you had a number one you might actually just purely off the back of that get into the top 10 after that whatever your song was it's the same with aqua wasn't it the um yeah. mm -hmm. like barbara and then they did dr jones yeah. but actually when you think of aqua they had a good few songs but all you think of is barbie girl and it's i suppose what you it, it's it's very fluidly open to interpretation what a one-hit wonder is i suppose because i would class wigfield as a one-hit wonder yeah yeah name the a... songs do you know what i mean she might have had a three and a four <laughs> but name them yeah exactly yeah that's lest, a very good lest point. we forget her cover of last christmas <laughs> oh no she did as well <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, I haven't heard it. I like that it, yeah. one from my mind. I mean, it keep, sounds keep it exactly way, how you'd expect it to sound. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and then finally, Mark from Glasgow uh, said, Brand Band 3000, uh, albeit a reissue, reissue one hit wonder, uh, but they they loved uh, drinking in LA. Uh, and also the Wamdu Project, uh, who did King of My Castle. King of My that? Castle. Yeah. yeah. No. That's a good one. The good oh, you do. Must be the reason why I'm king of my castle. <clears throat> yeah, like those there was a few of those like in the late nineties, especially like really dancey dancey tracks. Yeah. Like so like blue dabba D. Yeah. <laughs> I thought about having All that. The rest of it. Our son loves that. Our son loves that. Oh, we listen great. to that on I a think daily it turned basis. Up in the <laughs> is why. Yes. But again, we'll keep our powder dry on that for the next for the, for the sequel. You know what? From Definitely from what your your massive are saying, we've we've got a fairly our finger on the pulse. I think mm. a lot of yeah, the stuff so, we've, yeah. out, we've kind yeah. of touched on over the conversation we've had. Yeah. Oh, we're in an e a cultural echo chamber. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Reaching out to similar people. Well, no, it can't be because I'm older than all you guys. So you know, we must be fairly on it. Um, well, thank you for that correspondence, everyone. Thanks and for validating us, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> if you have any thoughts on our choices or have any choices of your own, you want to get in touch with, you know how to do it. Uh, the usual places, we're on Twitter at allright90s, email allright90s at gmail.com and facebook.com forward slash allright90s. That's all letters, no numbers. And we're also on Instagram. Uh, Allright.90s.podcast. So uh, yeah, let us know your choices. Please do, please do. We'd love to hear from you, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you along on the pod tonight. We will do a sequel very, very soon indeed. Um, just, just before we go, um, tell us a bit more about now. That's what I call bullshit, and and where we can hear you. Um, we are a podcast that delves into the weird and wonderful world of now. That's what I call music with a different guest every time. Um, so some people who are in the industry, some people who've actually appeared on Now compilations, talking about the best, worst and the most out of place tracks on there. So you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, 
um, Facebook. Um, we'll, are we all right to put them in the um, episode description? Because I'm yeah, sure no I don't know them off the top of my head. <laughs> uh, and I also have a podcast about Dawson's Creek as well, because we are so firmly rooted in the 90s that we can't we can't help ourselves. So we um, yeah, but it's 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 not as um, regular as we'd like it to be. We're a bit hit and miss, but you can because we're dealing with musicians. Musician. <laughs> me being one are all it's like are all like unreliable idiots so essentially you've got but one really reliable idiot here talking to all this unreliable and they're going yeah yeah i'll do it i'll do it of course i'll do it yeah should we do it next week and then either i forget or they forget or you know <laughs> we, we bought a microphone to a music festival last week where there was about three or four guys there that said they would do it and we said we'd grab them over the weekend but we didn't <laughs> in my defence, exactly. And in my defence, I did actually record an episode of the Dawson's Creek podcast. So because you're not a musician, you're everything. reliable. <laughs> right. Um. And before we go, uh, the final thing we've got to do is ask you both what one thing from the nineties you would like to bring back, which is something we ask all our guests. If you can People have one, we can combine. People buying CD singles and CDs <laughs> because if that came back, I'd be loaded. <laughs> I've got such a specific one. It's so specific. Do you remember those everlasting gobstoppers by Willy Wonka? And they had they were in a yellow box, like a yellow rectangular box, and you shook them out as one by one, and they would change flip like little ones, and they would change flavors as you um as you ate them. Those I want those back. They were great. They were delicious. Bring them back please or if you can find them somewhere please tell me where to find them because i was off my or push pops as well sorry i'm just gonna go do you remember push pops yeah don't push me push push pop (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah well just absolutely just the best 90 sugar you could possibly want it's all sanitized now now that you've mentioned this on the pod, um, we've recently been successful in bringing back Sunkist and Cadbury's Astros. So now that you've mentioned this on the pod, um, you know, yeah. wheels will start Cadbury's turning. Cadbury's Astros yeah. are back. Yes, I saw that on your um, <laughs> on, on your social media. I'm going to go out and try and find some. They were brilliant. Yeah. If we could bring back Cadbury's marble bars as well, if you now that you've got the power. That's <laughs> All right, we'll put it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. We will definitely get back together and, and do this again soon thank you so much for joining us thanks guys thank thanks you much. so much thanks bye. guys thanks. Bye. bye many many thanks to Catherine and dan for joining us to talk about some 90s one hit wonders uh, i really enjoyed that i think we're definitely gonna have to have a sequel aren't we yeah i mean even that was was a mammoth mammoth episode it just shows you how much stuff there is to talk about there with one hit wonders from from the decade so we were naive to think we could do it all in I would just like to distance myself from uh, Dan's comments about uh, new metal and pop punk, both of which are <laughs> a- absolutely fantastic drawers of music um, with, with, with faultless fans and, and brilliant bands. But um, yeah, there you go. But you're off to uh, drink some shots and break some stuff after this. Record, yeah, is that right? it's yeah. true. Yeah, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Well, I've got two words written down here. Scatman John. Um, so we're definitely coming back. We're definitely coming back for another go at this. Um, I think that's about it. I think that's about enough. We'll be back in a couple of weeks' time with another aspect of 90s culture to examine. Um, but until then, it's good night from me. 
And it's good night for me. Catch you later. Cheerio. Well, anything, I'll take out anything that's litigious, you know. (laughs) Yeah, you're probably going to have to take the stuff out about... It is true, though, that. It's true, it's true. (laughs) But I don't know whether you can say, yeah, 